0: Now it's time for your feature reports. The Monroe County Public Library reopened today with limited in-person services. WFHB News Director, Cade Young, sat down with Grier Carson, Associate Director of the Library, for a socially distant interview. For more on what the reopening will look like, we turn to Cade Young.
1: A hand sanitizer station greets people at the door. Staff and patrons wear masks while keeping their distance. Patrons use computers and browse the bookshelves. Greer Carson, associate director of the Monroe County Public Library, talks about what limited reopening looks like. He discussed what those limited in-person services entail, safety protocols, and how the library aims to protect at-risk people. As the library reopens today, Carson touched on specific in-person services available.
0: The first is access to the physical collections. So we're reopening to allow the community to browse the collections. Again, up to this point, it's been through holds only. So you place a hold online, you have a curbside pickup kind of solution, and we get if things ready for you you grab and go. What we're doing now is reopening the doors so people have access to the physical collections, but still emphasizing, come in, grab your stuff, check it out and go. So that's the, that's the first. And the second is access to technology. We've provided, actually in this room with the setup you're seeing right now, uh, technology used by appointment. We've been doing that for a few weeks. Um, now that we've opened the doors, folks can come in and have up to an hour-long session on a computer. And we have fewer computers available than we usually do just to keep the social distancing factor in place. But those computers are available. So those are the main reasons, uh, the main things that people can come back and do.
1: Carson touched on library services patrons can still use in this limited reopening stage. So
0: certainly all of the collections, so that would be books, DVDs, CDs, video games, audiobooks, uh, and all of the other kind of nuanced collections that we have, what we're not including are things like toys, uh, uh, instruments, things that are very hands-on, that we do circulate for all the obvious reasons, we're not quite there yet. Mm-hmm. So. So um, in terms of the technology, we have Mac and PC workstations. We have the Level Up Studio downstairs, which has access to Adobe Creative Suite, uh, Ableton Logic, and some audio and video production tools. Um, So those are on specific machines downstairs. And and that's kind of really the bulk of it. Uh, Certainly access to our staff in terms of providing reference support, reader's advisory, or just answering general questions is another thing that the community has access to.
1: He talked about how the library aims to protect at-risk patrons, mainly by reserving the first hour of each day for at-risk people only.
0: Well, the first is masks are required, period, end. So nobody gets in the building without a mask. Uh, Even if people have an accommodation and they can't wear a mask, then what we're going to say is, well, we will do our best to accommodate you with a curbside service or something else, but you can't come in the building without a mask. The second thing is we have spaced out all of our desks, all of our self-checkout machines, and a lot of the shelving, particularly for the new arrivals and the holds, you'll notice are spread way far apart, in some cases as far apart as 10 feet. So we've really kind of redesigned a lot of the library since we've been closed, to allow for proper proper social distancing when on site. But specifically to high-risk folks, we are reserving the first hour of every day for high-risk only. 11 to 12 every day, except Sunday, we open at 12 and then 12 to 1 is just for high-risk individuals.
1: Carson said the library will continue its outreach services, van deliveries, and Bookmobile stops. Bookmobile, essentially a library service on wheels, offers collections of high demand material for people of all ages. As for safety protocols, the library mandates masks to be worn at all times and social distancing. I asked Carson how the library intends to enforce social distancing and mask wearing.
0: So that's a good question and we're gonna do it gently but firmly. We've already had this morning a a few folks show up either with a mask down around their neck, not covering their nose, whatever it is. And just a very polite and respectful, hey, love to have you come in the library. Got to make sure you're covering that nose and keeping it snug is going to be our approach. Um, And we think in 90% of the cases that's going to be enough because we're all getting used to this new part of our daily attire. And a lot of times you find yourself letting it slip or you get sick of it and you just drop it down. And that's fine. People are going to do that. So we're going to remind folks that you can't do that when you're at the library. If and when we do run into a sticky situation, we do have security on site. Uh, we have protocol for um, helping our staff deal with those difficult situations and ultimately keeping everyone who visits the library safe. Mm-hmm. So we do have that in place, but we don't expect that's going to be an issue.
1: Items are quarantined for four days once they are returned. However, Carson asked patrons to do their part in order for library materials to stay sanitized.
0: But what we've, we've seen in terms of the best results, that is more than sufficient to ensure that these materials are reasonably safe. We're continuing to quarantine materials now. Even though we're reopening, um, when stuff gets turned in, it doesn't actually get checked off your account. It goes straight into a bin. and gets wheeled into a room on the first floor, and we don't touch it. And when its day comes, then we check it in and we reshelve it. We're not physically sanitizing or wiping down materials because one, that's operationally not feasible. Um, And in terms of our staff workflow, it's an impediment to doing everything else we need to do. And so we're saying to the public, like a lot of people are saying, take personal responsibility in this equation. Assume that if you're touching something, it maybe isn't safe, and act accordingly. That means wash your hands, wipe the materials down yourself at home once you get them, that's fine. Um, And that's worked out pretty well so far. Uh, occasionally we get questions about why are these items still on my account? Uh, does it mean I can't check out more items? And we say, no, it, it doesn't impact borrowing. Just cause it's sitting in the quarantine bin doesn't mean you can't check out another 10 DVDs. So we're a little bit of amnesty and flexibility right now in terms of people borrowing stuff, but we're gonna keep quarantining materials through this
1: entire pandemic. Carson mentioned how drive up pickup has replaced curbside pickup. In the beginning of the pandemic, the library began to implement curbside pickup, which allowed people to check out books online. However, they still had to go inside the library to pick up their books. Starting today, that will no longer be the case.
0: It replaces it in that if you want minimal contact with the library, and particularly with staff, that's your way to do it rather than placing materials out on the shelves in the vestibule and calling it curbside, even though people are coming in to pick up their stuff, we're just doing it through drive up the way we used to, except we have plexiglass barriers in place, You know, staff have masks and shields and gloves, um, and, in, and we're actually looking at ways that we can provide a drawer going forward so that's even more contactless. Um, but because we've had a lot of calls for us to reopen the drive up, And because a lot of people who are used to curbside services through businesses and restaurants see the drive up as the equivalent for us. It just makes good sense to shift the curbside process to that. And that way, when people are coming into the library to visit us, they don't have to walk past the curbside patrons either because we kind of have a limited uh, amount of space in the vestibule. So it's best for everybody to shift the curbside or contactless experience to the drive up and let the doorway to the library be the doorway again. So that's kind of what we're doing. If and when we have a situation where someone says I'm uncomfortable with the drive-up or I, I have a, um, a medical exemption, I, I can't wear a mask, can't come in the library, can't go up to the drive-up because masks are required to drive up as well, we will work with those folks. We'll do a bring it to your car, put it in your trunk kind of thing, case-by-case case basis.
1: Back in March, the Monroe County Public Library began to waive late fees. Carson said late fees were extraneous and not an effective deterrent for late checkouts.
0: The fine Free initiative was actually independent of the pandemic. We started working on it last summer uh, and it just happened to be approved about end of January, early February. So it uh, preceded the pandemic and then turned out to be a really good thing. It's helpful because uh, as you you put it, we're not slapping people with overdue fees. Um, We've felt for a long time that that just isn't necessary. It's not beneficial in terms of our operations actually doesn't serve as a deterrent for people keeping stuffing out stuff out too long and we've seen the numbers to prove that so we were left thinking like well what purpose do defines actually serve they're kind of a legacy library approach and a lot of libraries have stopped doing it why are we still doing it we came out very clearly on the side of we want to encourage use we don't want to punish people and the worst thing that could happen is somebody keeps an item too long like they own it now And then that's what we'll do we'll just say okay well if you're going to keep it we're going to bill you for it you can't use the library until you either bring the thing back or pay the bill down so it's it's very clear cut it's very simple it's beneficial in the pandemic for maybe the most obvious reason is we don't have a bunch of people worrying hey am i going to get overdue charges for all this stuff because i can't bring it back to the library you know or i'm unable to get out of the house i'm sheltering in place or whatever it is And then for us, it's beneficial because we don't have to go in and manage a system with a bunch of accounts and say, eliminate this person's fines, but not this person, and so on. So it's just nice and clean for everybody, and the timing worked out well. It's one of the few things related to the pandemic where the
1: timing was good. Finally, Carson explained why the library is an important community resource in general, and especially during a pandemic.
0: It's a democratizing institution. It provides free and equitable access to anybody, regardless of who you are, where you are, what your opinion is, how much money you have. We're here for everybody. And if you're a citizen of Monroe County, you can get a card, an account and borrow stuff, a lot of stuff for a long period of time. If Even if you're not, you can come in and sit down and use a computer or browse the collection and so on. And so you know we are i mean it sounds like an exaggeration but we're a, a highly democratic institution public libraries are and that's incredibly important during a pandemic when people are number one anxious afraid uncertain and they need reassurance and they need reassurance from credible sources and libraries tend to curate credible sources for the general population it's also important in a pandemic like this where for various reasons, there's a lot of noise out there in the media. And there are a lot of conflicting recommendations, suppositions and so on that, may, that add to that anxiety. And I think having a stable information focused, equitable institution like a public library just serves to help people in that regard. And that's another reason why we're very excited to be opening now uh, because our digital and our virtual Uh, access uh, to resources for the community has been great and we've seen an explosion in the amount of use those resources get and the number of people interacting with the library online. But for some people, there is no substitution to coming back into this building and having access to those books, those films, those games, that music, um, and maybe even just interfacing with staff a little bit on the state of the world. And that's, that's something that we provide, and I think we do a pretty good job at it. And I think the community is more than ready for us to be open again. So here we are.
1: For WFHB, I'm Cade Young.